It's time. We are not called to be nice. Sandy Rios. Welcome, Sandy. Thanks for being here. We are often called to be confrontational. And here with me in D.C. is Fox News contributor Sandy Rios. You and you still like me or you, or you don't like me, James? Are you okay? You all right? <laughs> I'm a musician. I can't help it. Uh, longtime Fox News contributor Sandy Rios, thanks very much for being with us. We have, I think it's four to one youth in America wants gay marriage. Our kids are the product of public schools. No wonder they poll the way they do. It's time to stand up or we're going to lose everything we have. Director of Governmental Affairs for the American Family Association. Step up, speak up, say something, do something. This isn't a game. This is real life. Cindy Rios is with the American Family Association. A pro-life radio talk show host. Some things are worth fighting for. And good Monday morning, everyone. Fred Jackson sitting in for Sandy today. We thought give Sandy a little extra weekend time off there. She'll be back in the chair uh, again tomorrow morning. Well, I do hope you had a great weekend, a great Resurrection Sunday. Uh, many of us, most of us, I think, probably listening right now, were at uh, special services yesterday in our churches or visiting with family in their, their church. And it's just a wonderful reminder, you know, uh, I, I love the resurrection story. Uh, Jesus overcame death for us. Uh, of course, on Good Friday, we remembered his death on the cross and what that means, paying the price and, and offering free salvation uh, to those who believe what Jesus accomplished on the cross. But, you know, Resurrection Sunday kind of puts that stamp on the whole story that Jesus arose from the dead. He's in power today, sitting on the right hand of God the Father, making intercession for those who have accepted that free gift of salvation. And uh, I tell you what, uh, in, the, in the world that we're living in today, folks, it is wonderful to know. I love that passage of Scripture where Jesus is ascending back up into heaven. Of course, he was on this earth, uh, most theologians agree, for about 40 days after that resurrection on the first day of the week. And uh, the angels say to those uh, apostles who are watching as Jesus ascended, the same Jesus, which you see ascending, will return someday. And isn't that a great hope for those of us who accepted that free gift of salvation, that he is coming back. And he's coming back to rule and to reign. And I think as time goes on, at least I'll speak for myself, as time goes on, I just look forward more and more uh, to that because we see, you know, the devil is having his day these days. Now, we all know that. Uh, he, is, uh, he is marching to and fro throughout this earth, causing great chaos, deception. We're seeing that on a day-by-day basis, the results of rebellion against God and Satan leading that charge. But someday he will be defeated. He will be put away, and that evil that we are seeing today uh, will be gone as Jesus sits on his throne in Jerusalem. And that day is also coming, new heaven, new earth. It only gets better for we Christians, folks. So despite the news that we will talk about today, don't be discouraged. Uh, Jesus is coming back to set everything right. Uh, but in the meantime, uh, we need to talk about what's going on because I think Christians should be informed of what is happening in our world. In the midst of all that chaos, uh, we still have the opportunity, at least in this country, to share the gospel. Amen? And we ought to be faithful in doing that, in presenting that gospel, getting many as people as possible into the kingdom. 
And, you know, we're reminded on the weekend of a world that is certainly in rebellion uh, because one of the headlines at American Family News this morning, if you're reading it, the AP headline, U.S. rocked by three mass shootings during the Easter weekend. And uh, two people dead. Started off, it was at a mall in uh, in uh, South Carolina. And uh, there was a, a shooting in that mall. And uh, it, it, was, it was amazing in Columbia, South Carolina. And one person has been arrested. Interesting story coming out of that this morning. One person arrested. They, uh, they were in court yesterday, that individual. But the judge uh, basically released the person on $25,000 bond. The person was found with a gun on their presence. And, uh, but released on $25,000 bond and told they had to wear an ankle bracelet. And according to media reports, so that that person can go to work this morning. So I, you know, you scratch your head. Now the lawyer for that individual says, well, no, they were just carrying a gun. In fact, when they shot it, they were doing so in self-defense. I believe that's a quote from the person's lawyer. We'll find out. We'll find out. There were a couple of other people arrested initially, but they've been let go, so nobody held. Now, the other thing that occurred, uh, the other shooting, there was a, a, a another shooting in South Carolina at Kara's Lounge in Hampton County, roughly 80 miles west of Charleston, South Carolina. A number of people injured there. But then there was this um, nightclub-type party uh, at a place near uh, Pittsburgh, and there were 200 people. Somebody said it was an Airbnb uh, rental of some type. 200 kids, young kids there. And unfortunately, in that case, uh, two 70-year-olds died at this. But those are just the examples from just this past weekend. I'm sure there are other incidents across the country. There's a incident, I believe, out of New York this morning where a, a mom... Uh, was murdered, and we have other examples. But it's just the latest example of when you lose that respect for authority. And we could perhaps talk for the next hour as to what is going on on that front. But when you lose respect for authority, and we certainly have seen that in spades over the last couple of years, uh, coming out of the George Floyd and what has happened, and the defund the police uh, efforts across this country. In fact, it's very interesting. A sheriff in Portland, Oregon, writing a, 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 a an open letter to the residents of Portland over the weekend, warning that violent crime is reaching record heights and may only get worse as the summer approaches. It's Sheriff Mike Reese is his name. He says, I continue to be deeply concerned about current trends in community violence. Now, this is Portland, Oregon. He says there are over 102 people in jail there right now for murder or attempted murder as of the beginning of this month, April, the most since the mid-1990s. So in the middle of this, you know, and you you shake your head, couldn't, and you say, well, obviously, we, we should have seen this coming in the defund the police movement. When you do that, when you punish police for simply doing their jobs, when you have a mainstream media that continues to demonize police, 
over and over again, discouraging police. That's why these police forces in Portland and Seattle and many other cities across the country, they can't fill. The, the police are just leaving left, left and right. These police officers, we're out of here. We're going somewhere where we will be appreciated. I think it's very interesting what the governor of Florida, DeSantis, is doing. They're offering $5,000 sign-up bonuses down there for a police officer, for instance, who may quit New York for very good reason. The York Police Department moved to Florida, get a job down there, $5,000 signing bonus. He says where police will be respected. Isn't it interesting, the difference in the two? Now, are there some bad police officers? Sure there are. But you know, for the most part, when they put on that badge and they go out each day, it's for the purpose of keeping law-abiding citizens safe from those who are not law-abiding. So be praying for our police officers. But very tragic, uh, these mass shootings on the weekend, because uh, the victims, just in this uh, case of uh, the in Columbia, South Carolina, just people out shopping on the Easter weekend, and this shooting breaks out for whatever reason. No one seems to know at this point. All right. You may have also caught some news late last week that Elon Musk, who has a few billion dollars in the bank, uh, <laughs> made headlines. First, the first headline was he bought over 9% of the shares of Twitter. Uh, and then he's, he's now made an offer to buy Twitter for $43 billion. And, of course, he's been very open. He's kind of disgusted with Twitter, the way it's been banning people for simply expressing conservative points of view. That occurred in spades during the election campaign uh, of of 2020. And then, of course, uh, Twitter's been banning anybody who dares question the narrative on the uh, pandemic and what medications may work or not. There are certain words that we're still not allowed to say, apparently, according to social media today. But anyway... Here's what's happened on the weekend, and you almost have to choke at the hypocrisy. The left-leaning media, which is most of the media in this country, has started to attack the idea that Elon Musk would take over Twitter where he says he would like to restore free speech rights. Amazon founder and billionaire Jeff Bezos, who happened to purchase the Washington Post in 2016, for $250 million. <laughs> Some of the paper's columnists have started writing uh, and, and being very critical of Musk's efforts. The left-leaning media outlet, this is according to a Fox story, published a column from former CEO of Reddit, Ellen K. Pao, or Powell, headlined, quote, Elon Musk's vision of free speech will be bad for Twitter. This is what she said. Musk's appointment to Twitter's board shows that we need regulation of social media platforms to prevent rich people from controlling our channels of communication. Jeff Bezos, billionaire. And this this occurs this this column is written in, in, in his newspaper. For starters, we need consistent definitions of harassment and of content that violates personal privacy, Powell wrote. Talk about the uh, as I say, the level of hypocrisy is absolutely incredible. Well, you know, uh, I was listening to an interview this morning with uh, Kurt Knutson. He's a uh, cyber guy. He was interviewed on Fox News about all of this on the Elon Musk possibility 
of taking over Twitter. This is what he had to say about uh, that and the opposition. Cut number three. I think troublemakers do really good things for technology. And I think Twitter's in a position where an Elon Musk type figure would be amazing for Twitter to reinvent itself. It's gotten stale. Mm -hmm. Right now, we don't feel like it's a fair platform for free speech. And face it, 70% of the people who use Twitter who are polled are asking, hey, I'd like to have some more features like the ability to edit. Mm -hmm. That's something that he was saying in his recent TED talk, Elon Musk, that he would bring that back. He also did something that I really, really love. And I think we all as Americans should really embrace, which is I'm going to force this big tech company, if I buy it, to release the code and make public the algorithm that makes you or I suppressed or lifts us up. Mm-hmm. So as you know, it's not fair in social media. They pick and choose through their algorithm who's popular and who they want to suppress. And, they don't- and that's what's amazing. You know, algorithm is, is just basically a piece of software that's created. But can you imagine the folks at Twitter, because we know they have a track record now of suddenly removing someone who has a conservative point of view on politics or, as we say, about COVID, et cetera, et cetera. But, you know, it, it's an algorithm, and, and sometimes these social media will kind of blame it on the algorithm. The algorithm kind of just did it. Well, somebody had to write that program, and they had to write into that program that there are certain words that, if spoken, are not going to be allowed on our social media site. So that's what's going on here, folks. And as I say, the absolute hypocrisy of this columnist in the Washington Post being alarmed that Elon Musk would come along and take over Twitter and protect it as a platform of free speech, that somehow that is jeopardizing. Oh, the other thing we're hearing today, that would jeopardize democracy. Have you heard that lately from the left? Anything they don't like that they want to criticize, well, they're criticizing it because it's jeopardizing democracy. Listen, folks, there is just a plethora of false information that's going on out there. And you need to be aware of the source. Consider the source. All right. Listen to Sandy Rios in the morning on a Monday. Fred sitting in. We're back right after the break. The following are real-life stories from Trinity Debt Management. My story begins with debt, a lot of debt. I used my credit cards as a source of income. It was not a good situation. I couldn't pay my bills. The interest on the cards was really high. If you're in debt and you need help, call Trinity at 1-800-788-1813. I initially was scared to call, and immediately I felt relief. They contacted all of our creditors, and they put us on a plan for success. Trinity will consolidate your accounts into one easy-to-manage monthly payment, reduce your interest, and possibly improve your credit score. You'll save thousands. I've been able to pay off close to $15,000. We're doing a lot better. Please pick up the phone and see how affordable and easy it is to pay off your debt. It's a godsend. We're debt-free for keeps. Call Trinity at 1-800-788-1813. That's 1-800-788-1813. This is Pause to Pray, a chance to stop down each day from the daily noise of life and pray for our country's leaders. 
Today we pray for Heidi Hsu, Undersecretary of Defense for Research and Engineering. She oversees the development of Defense Department technology strategy. Luke 11.21 reminds us of the importance of a strong defense. When a strong man, fully armed, guards his own house, his possessions are safe. Right now, with this in mind, let's pray together. Dear Heavenly Father, we ask for guidance for Heidi Shu at the Department of Defense. We ask this in Jesus' name. Amen. Pause to Pray is a service of this station and the Presidential Prayer Team. This is an important election year in your state and all across the country. And we are joining together to pray the vote. Details at pausetopray.org. Hello, Americans. I'm Todd Starnes with news and commentary next. No matter your career goals, you want to find a university that provides excellent academics and state-of-the-art facilities at a price you can afford. At Liberty University, they believe a quality Christian education should be available to everyone. That's why they've frozen their tuition rates through the 2021-2022 academic year and offer multiple scholarships, like the Middle America Scholarship, to bring that price point even lower. Learn more by texting STARNS to the number 49596. Many American moms and dads are busy filling Easter baskets with all sorts of goodies, from chocolate Easter bunnies to peeps and lots of jelly beans. But no one loved jelly beans more than President Ronald Reagan. So much so, the Jelly Belly Company shipped three and a half tons of red, white, and blue jelly beans to the president's inauguration. Jars filled with berry cherry, blueberry, and coconut were adorned with the presidential seal given to diplomats and heads of state. But why did the Gipper have such an affinity for jelly beans? Well, back in the 1960s, Reagan had a difficult time giving up smoking. He was partial to pipes. A friend recommended he tried jelly beans. And by the time he became governor, Reagan had kicked the habit and found a new one. By the way, his favorite flavor, a jelly bean classic, licorice. You can read more about this story. Download my free podcast at ToddSterns.com. Don't forget to connect with Sandy Rios in the morning on Getter or email Sandy at Sandy at AFR.net. That's Sandy at AFR.net. Sandy Rios in the morning on American Family Radio. And indeed, welcome back to the Monday edition of Sandy Rios in the morning. Fred Jackson sitting in for Sandy this morning. She'll be back uh, tomorrow. I I tell you what, uh, America is waking up. We're talking about the campaign of misinformation out there that basically has agreed with everything that Joe Biden uh, says he's been doing, his public policies, and for a long while, it sounded really good to a lot of Americans. But, you know, the America is waking up. They're seeing the results of what public policy from the Biden White House is doing to this country, whether it's our open border policy, our foreign policy, our economic policies. And is it any wonder that the latest poll, this one coming up from Quinnipiac last week, has Joe Biden, President Joe Biden, at 33% approval rating, 33%, one of the lowest. Now, normally, uh, the White House, in, a, in its first couple of years in office, they take a hit during the midterms. We all know that. But this is even below what the norm is for a president. America is waking up. And isn't it a joke? When Joe Biden keeps blaming gasoline prices on 
Vladimir Putin. When in the first hours he was in office, he killed Keystone and has been at war with fossil fuels ever since he came into office, long before Vladimir Putin launched his attack against Ukraine. You know, Joe Biden trying to blame grocery prices, higher grocery prices, inflation. It's all Vladimir Putin. The American people, let me put it this way. How stupid, how stupid does this White House think that the American people really are? They're catching on to you. If I could say to Joe Biden this morning, they're catching on to you, sir. I mentioned the Quinnipiac poll, 33% approval rating for Joe Biden. Amongst Latinos who were interviewed for that poll, even lower, down around mid-20s approval rating. It's very interesting. Fox uh, did an interview with uh, several Latinos from Texas. I want to play you a little montage of what they have to say about their lack of support and why they're not supporting this White House. Cut number five. We have the same values. Latino values is Republican values. We agree on everything. Uh, It's just getting that same value to the ballot box and uh, getting them to vote according to their values. Deep down in the core, every Hispanic in Texas are conservative. The Hispanic Latino community is the sleeping giant in the room. I think that we need to understand the Latino vote is not something that we're going to stop talking about after midterms or even after 2024 uh, because the Latino vote is so diverse. I mean, just even on this panel. So we can keep that conversation open and the Republican Party having a, a bienvenido message, a welcoming message to the Hispanic community, not just the Mexican community, the Venezuelan, the Cuban but understanding that the conversation is wide and broad and there's many seats at the table for this conversation. Yeah, those are the kinds of voices that the mainstream media does not want you to hear. But as I say, the American people, I think, are getting set to speak their minds on where this White House has taken this country in such a short period of time. Well, to help us to kind of understand things and take a look at the body politic of the day, Our good friend Gary Bauer from Campaign for Working Families joins us from his perch in the Washington, D.C. area. Good morning, Gary. Hey, good morning, Fred. I was sitting here uh, taking notes, listening to you speak. I don't think you need me this morning. That was a great analysis. (laughs) Well, I I, I guess I'm I'm a little bit like, you know, James Carville here this morning. If I was an advisor (laughs) to the Democratic Party, uh, what was it Carville said? It's the economy, stupid. And, yeah, and yes. you, you, you've got and and there's now these uh, you know these left wing show hosts uh, that that are saying, "Hey, you woke white Democrats, how stupid can you be?" And yet the White House, scary, is not listening. Yeah, it's look. I I've been in Washington more years than I care to remember. I've worked in the White House uh, uh, a number of times. I, I had assignments under. Uh, Donald Trump. I worked for eight years for Ronald Reagan. Presidents have ups and downs, but this pro- this president seems to have cycles of down and down even further. Uh, the the ups got were pretty much over the first sixty days of his presidency, mm. and he's fallen just methodically ever since. And look, I think a lot of the things you mentioned are behind that fall, uh, Fred, but. But I, I also think, and you know, it's a sensitive issue for pollsters, but I think a lot of Americans see with their own eyes that there's something wrong with the president, that he's just not 
operating the way somebody would intellectually. Uh, there's concerns about you know his his mental strength at this particular point in life. I I say this with sadness. I take no glee in it. I mean, I'm obviously a a partisan, but I'm an American, and I want our presidents to succeed. I certainly don't want them to make you know, really wrong-headed decisions, even if it hurts them politically, those kinds of decisions hurt the rest of us, too. And every day, he says things that don't make any sense. He physically moves or seems disoriented. And the thought that, you know, we're we're living at a time between uh, having a president that has these challenges, and then you got Putin, who U.S. intelligence agencies say may be ill himself, and these two guys may decide whether we have a nuclear war or not. So it's a it's a good time for Christians to be on their knees in prayer. I'll tell you that. Absolutely. You know the 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 dangerous part of all of this, Gary, is that there are policies being put in place by this White House that could have very detrimental effects for a very long period, even after Joe Biden leaves the White House. And there's a report this morning uh, from Fox News. They did some research. At least 23 of those illegal immigrants that have crossed our border, at least 23, are on the terrorist watch list. And those are the ones that have been caught and Mm. throughout a variety of states. I believe there's far more than that. And and the, the dangers, the repercussions of what Joe Biden has done to our southern border. I mean, a lot of people believe he should be, you know, if the Republicans take control in the midterms, he should be impeached for dereliction of duty. Is that too strong? No, it's not. And look, I I don't like impeachment becoming a political weapon. We should solve our political differences through elections. And I think the Democrats misused the impeachment power uh, to try to get Donald Trump by just would remind your listeners that they need any reminder that Donald Trump was impeached for, you know, a a phone call with the president of Ukraine that lasted, I think it was 10 minutes or eight minutes or something like that. Joe Biden is in violation of his constitutional duties to enforce our border laws. He's been in violation of that 24 hours a day, seven days a week, 52 weeks of the year since he took the oath of office. So he clearly is in violation of his constitutional duties. So I wouldn't recommend to the Republicans that they run on this for this November. I think they need to talk about uh, things and ideas that are going to help the American people. But quite frankly, the biggest thing they could do to help the American people would to bring uh, would be to bring this administration to heel by uh, making them f- enforce the law, follow the Constitution instead of what they're doing right now. You know, Gary, one of the things that uh, really concerns me also, because I have a family member in our U.S. military, is the uh, there was a story out late last week on the equity program for the U.S. military. All of a sudden, uh-huh. it's not, it's not how, how do we raise up the best soldiers to defend our country but it's all about, um, you know, a, a, a quota system according to skin color. Yeah, it's, t- it's terrible, Fred. Absolutely terrible. The United States military over the years has shown the way 
in being able to mold uh, men and women of various races and ethnic backgrounds into a cohesive fighting force because it's been built on the idea of accomplishments or what get you promoted. That's how you move up the ranks. You distinguish yourself. You do better than anybody else. And at a time of war, you distinguish yourself in war through your bravery and your courage. And when that happens, people in our military get moved up regardless of the color of their skin. It's a, it's a complete tell here that they're calling this an equity program. We all believe, the American people believe, in equality of opportunity. That's the, the, the goal in America. When you hear anybody in our government talking about equity, they're talking about outcomes that are a particular way that meet the ideology of the bureaucrats running the particular program. So we all know where that goes. It, it goes exactly where you said. It, it goes to quotas. You, you know, if 12% of the population is one particular ethnic group, then 12% of the leaders have to be of that ethnic group, even if you can't reach that number by just basing your decisions on uh, accomplishments or performance. So it, it is bringing all of the junk that is dividing our country, as we've all seen over the last 20 years, and it's putting it into one of the last institutions in America that uh, has been able to avoid all that. And to, to make it even worse, Fred, they're doing it at a time when we are facing greater military challenges now from Russia and communist China and North Korea uh, and Iran than we have ever faced in modern times. So this is a dangerous uh, brew that they're mixing up here. This race card that this administration continues to play, uh, Mayorkas Homeland Security quoted just last week saying the greatest threat to America is white supremacy. We're seeing that over and over and over again, Gary. And it's just, you know, I, I have to think that that thinking, that lie, is behind what's been going on with regards to this January 6th commission. Uh, I'm filling in for Sandy Rios this morning. Sandy had an incredibly powerful program last Thursday where she talked to, to three men who are still being held in detention because they happened to be at that protest on January 6, 2021. They were, there's one guy, he was arrested after giving himself up because he was, he was linked to this. He just happened to be there at this protest. He gave himself up. He's still being held. His trial, I believe, at least some of the trials, are not even scheduled until this summer. I've never heard of this. This is America, Gary. This is one of the most frightening things that we have a Justice Department now that has been politicized to the point where we're holding people for just being in a place. We're holding them in detention without trial for it'll be close to two years. Yeah, it, it's outrageous, Fred. And look, there's, there's a clear agenda here. What, what is the significance of this summer? Why would the trials have been delayed and delayed and delayed? Uh, until this summer. Well, because this summer is leading into the fall elections. And I believe this is the big card that the left's going to play. You're going to have the January 6th commission, which is not a commission at all. It's a kangaroo court. 
they're going to come out with a gigantic report that's all about uh, white supremacy and the threat to democracy from the from conservatives and uh, Trump and Trumpers, et cetera. Then you're going to have these trials, which will probably become media circuses, and they intend to hang all of this around the necks of Republicans and the Republican candidates. Look, uh, there are white supremacists, there are black supremacists, there are Hispanic supremacists, Asian supremacists. It's called bigotry. Mm. There are people of every race who look at other races and think that they are superior to that other race. That's a sin, and we've always been against it. But to act like what's going on in America that's causing our problem is white supremacy. It's absurd. It's a disgusting lie. It's race baiting. It's an attempt to turn races against each other. Quite frankly, some of the big news stories in recent uh, months, we had the shooting in New York that in the subway. Uh, that guy was on social media regularly expressing hatred of white people. You had the guy that drove his truck into the what was it, Christmas parade in Wisconsin? Yeah. A, a well-known radical, uh, unfortunately, a black man who, by his own writings, appeared to hate whites. Now, I can give you examples of white people, you know, Klan members or, you know, others that do disgusting things. And we, people of goodwill of all colors, we don't want that. We want to live in peace with our neighbors. We want to work side by side with people that we consider friends and coworkers. And here you've got this left-wing narrative that gets up every morning and sees if it can get us at each other's throats. It's disgusting, and they ought to be ashamed of themselves for doing it. Well, the American people will have an opportunity uh, to pass their judgment coming up in just a few months in November. Gary, so good to have you with us. Uh, you put out your end of day each day. Where can people get that great summary of the news of the day? Well, Fred, it's good to be with you. They can go to OurAmericanValues.org. OurAmericanValues.org. Gary Bauer, thank you so much for being with us. Thank you, Fred. Good to be with you. Take, Take care. care. All right, time to hear from you folks. 888-589-8840 is the number to call. 888-589-8840. How do you think the verdict's going to go this fall? Is the evidence mounting that Joe Biden will be held accountable for his policies and what they're doing to this country? 888-589-8840. We'll talk to you when we come back. Take a time out in the corner. Refuse to allow anything, whether they be relationships, whether they be friends and family members, whether they be a Supreme Court refusing to hear a case, whether they be any election results, no matter what it is, refuse to allow those things to eclipse the preeminence of Christ in your life. The Hamilton Corner with Abraham Hamilton III, weekday afternoons at 5 central on AFR. The podcast is available anytime at AFR.net. This is Frank Effney, host of Secure Freedom Radio. It's your personal daily intelligence briefing about the challenges we face, how they're likely to affect you, and what we can do about them. You can find Secure Freedom Radio here every weeknight at 11 p.m. Eastern Time. Tune in to learn from our extraordinary experts what you need to know and will want to share. Join us for Secure Freedom Radio tonight at 11 Eastern, right here on AFR. Faith, hope, love abide these three. 
but the greatest of these is love. My name is Abraham Hamilton III, and this is the Hamilton Minute. Karl Marx, an emissary of evil, and Charles Spurgeon, the prince of preachers, were evangelists of diametrically opposed messages. Yet they both lived in London at the same time. In fact, when asked the name of the person he most detested, Frederick Ingalls, Marx's cohort in chaos, responded unequivocally, Spurgeon. A generation later, George Bernard Shaw, a hardcore communist, seethed in hatred for William Booth and his Salvation Army of Volunteers. Time and again, robust Christian witness has been the inoculate against the proliferation of Marxist poison in society. Listen each weekday from 5 to 6 p.m. Central for The Hamilton Corner with Abraham Hamilton III, public policy analyst for the American Family Association. The communist government has spoken. There's no room for Christianity within the walls of China. Hey, it's Michael Woolworth with Bible League International, and the man named Katsu is an evangelical pastor, a little more than 50. He serves outside of Beijing. I won't identify his village. But I would guess he has been beaten in jail 25 times over the course of his ministry. Most recently, they beat him so severely he could not get up for a week. They let him go and told him to never speak of Jesus again. About a week later, a knock came on his door. He was somewhat reluctant to open it, but he found Hyo the bitter atheist interrogator who beat him terribly had one question that burned in his heart all week long. Why were you at such peace when we were beating you? So Katsu would open his door, open his Mandarin Bible, and lead this bitter atheist to faith in Christ together. They've witnessed thousands coming to Christ who all need Bibles in China. At $5 a Bible, would you call 800-YES-WORD? 800-YES-WORD. 800-YES-WORD or give at sendbiblesnow.org. That's sendbiblesnow.org. This is Frank Afney with the Secure Freedom Minute. Yesterday marked the start of Holy Week in Ukraine. It may be the last on earth for large numbers of Ukrainian civilians. Russian dictator Vladimir Putin will try to murder in the days ahead. Whether that happens could depend in part on us. Putin clearly believes he can use with impunity missiles, aircraft, a new armored offensive, and perhaps chemical or even tactical nuclear weapons to reduce every Ukrainian city to the uninhabitable rubble that is what's left of the southern port of Mariupol. In addition to robust sanctions, expedited transfers of urgently needed weapons, expressions of solidarity, and of course prayers in support of Ukraine, American leadership is urgently required to change Putin's calculation. Start by establishing that nations still doing business with him will be regarded as not just tolerant of his genocide there, but as accomplices to it. This is Frank Gaffney. Sandy Rios in the morning on American Family Radio. And welcome back to the Monday edition of Sandy Rios in the morning. Fred sitting in for Sandy today. 888-589-8840 is the number to call. Number of topics like we were talking with Gary Bauer about uh, this morning. Our border uh, out of control right now. Over 2 million, 2 million encounters on our southern border since Joe Biden came into office. And as we were saying, Fox News doing some analysis there, at least 23. Now that sounds like a small number next to 2 million, but at least 23 have been detected as being part of the terrorist watch list. How many more? have come in the shape of our economy right now. We have a Biden white house that keeps blaming Vladimir Putin. When we all know that these problems started long before the invasion of Ukraine, you know, I, I, other programs that I get to attend 
here at American Family Radio, I just keep pointing to Virginia and what happened there last November. Uh, the people of that state passed verdict after learning of what their kids were being taught in our nation's schools. I think it's very interesting. There was a story over the weekend. Governor uh, Ron DeSantis of Florida uh, rejecting 41% of the math textbooks uh, that were being offered up for kids in schools in Florida. Why were those math textbooks? When I was going to school, 2 plus 2 equals 4. That was math. But one of the reasons they were rejected, they included teaching on critical race theory in math textbooks. What does that have to do with math? 41%. These are math textbooks being produced by entities in this country. Why would they be doing that? Why would they want to insert critical race theory in a math textbook? Because as often been said right now, it's about indoctrinating a whole generation of kids. That's what Virginia was all about. Parents found out. And these parents who elected a, you know, that's, that's a state that went from deep blue to red. And you know some of these parents weren't dedicated Republicans. They were Democrats. They were independents. But they found out what their kids were being taught. And they said enough is enough. I believe there is a wave of change that's coming in this country. What are your thoughts on this? Let's go to our phones this morning. 888-589-8840. Let's go to Tim in Mississippi. Good morning, Tim. Are you with us, Tim? Okay. I guess, uh, Tim, Tim, if you want to call back, give us a call back. Nancy in Arkansas. Good morning, Nancy. Go ahead. Uh, okay. We're just waiting for Nancy to come along. Here's, I believe Nancy is with us. Nancy, go ahead. Well, um, I just have a couple of things, and I know that you guys have covered these before. My thoughts are, please, let us not impeach O'Biden. Because, number one, we would have vice president as president. And I think we would be swimming, trying to keep our heads above water, and hopefully someone would throw us a life ring. <laughs> but she's, she's, I don't even know what to say about her other than she's like a Cheshire cat sitting in the background just grinning, saying, do it, do it, and have my time. Yeah, I, I know it's, and, and other people have talked about that. If you impeach, impeach Joe Biden, you're going to get Kamala Harris. And, uh, you know, are, are you going from bad to worse in that in that situation, a lot of people would say that is the case. You know, but as our guest was saying, Gary Bauer was saying a few moments ago, uh, rather than impeach, let, let us just let this play out. And people at the ballot box uh, need to decide. As Gary was saying that, uh, you know, uh, Donald Trump was impeached twice. One of them for a 10-minute phone call with the president of Ukraine. That added up to nothing. And we know, you know, the whole Russian collusion thing has now turned out and we're finally getting evidence that I believe is going to, going to lead to charges that we had a FBI, we had a Justice Department under Barack Obama that had been weaponized against their political enemies. Now that's coming to the forefront. There's no question about it. 
you know, truth has a way sometimes of coming out slowly, but it does come out. And when it does come out, it comes out powerfully. Deborah in Florida, good morning. Go ahead, Deborah. Good morning. I live in Florida, but I actually, my family goes back to uh, 300 years in the Washington, D.C. area. Wow. And growing up, uh, growing up in D.C. and also having property in Loudoun County, these people better start looking what's going on. We, I mean, if you just look what our status was a year ago or before they got into office and look what's happening, it's only going to get worse. And one of the things that people probably don't know, that the Ukraine is also the semiconductor for farm equipment, and there's already a shortage on that, as well as the neon that it's going with that. So this is this is going to be very, very rough. Yeah, I, I, I want to ask you your thoughts on this. You're, you're in Florida, and right. uh, what DeSantis is doing there, uh, I mentioned just a moment ago, rejecting 41% of the math textbooks for including critical race theory, most of it aimed at kindergarten through grade five students. Um, you know, I, I think if, if, if Virginia didn't do it for American people, Governor DeSantis in your state is doing it for American people, pointing out what the left-wing agenda is, particularly in our education system, Deborah. Well, yes, but it might be a little too late. I'm very proud of him. Like I said, I pay, I pay taxes not only in Florida, but I also pay taxes in Loudoun County. And I think the money needs to go with the child. But this indoctrination, and I graduated from a Catholic high school in D.C. in 1970, was already being indoctrinated in the 70s in the public schools. And as also with the Catholic schools, believe it or not, the mayor of D.C. is a product of a Catholic school, Elizabeth Seton High School in Blainsburg. Yeah. Well, and, and, and it crosses religious lines. It is disturbing today to see, even among some evangelical churches, this uh, whole idea of socialism being accepted as, uh, as part of a, a Bible, a biblical teaching. Uh, it's it's amazing to me how that has been allowed to happen. But that's what we're facing today. And that's why I think I was reading a story late last week where the homeschooling movement in this country has uh, grown in leaps and bounds over the last 24 months. Now, some of it is for, by the way, Deborah, thank you very much for your, your input on this. Now, some of it's because, you know, people are still scared about pandemic and their kids catching the virus at school. I understand that. But a lot of it has to do with people who are very concerned about what their kids are being taught. What happened in Virginia is taking just like wildfire across the country. We are seeing more and more where Christians, or or at least people with conservative points of view, are running for office, for school board offices, uh, for city council offices, because, as they say, all politics are local, and that is so true. So I think the light has gone on across this country. Also, people are realizing they can't trust the mainstream media. <laughs> that is why CNN's you know, listener or viewership numbers are at their lowest. MSNBC, NBC, CBS, ABC. Their, their, their viewerships have all gone down because people just see. They understand what is going on. So you have an education system. You have a media system. That has had, they've had their day. They've had their day. They've had their way with our kids, with viewers. You know, it's really interesting. I have family members in, in Canada 
Now, Fox News does not air on the networks up there, but CNN does. And it's amazing even Christians in Canada that have getting their information, their information from CNN because they can get CNN and NBC and CBS there and uh, how they're influenced by what they see on those networks because it's all very one-sided. Uh, you may say, can, you know, Fox is pretty one-sided too. But no, they at least allow the liberal point of view in their panel discussions. I think it's important that people know what the left is saying, but it's equally important that that, that point of view is challenged openly, and that's what we need to see. All right. Um, I, I think I, there, one of the things that's coming out, and we, as we just wait for, for some more phone calls here, one of the things that's coming out, one of the latest public policies you may have, may have heard, is that uh, some on the left, the Biden administration, and Joe Biden is starting to talk about this, is paying off student debt. Charles Payne is an economist and, of course, a well-known commentator on Fox News. He was on Fox and Friends this morning, most upset about this. Here's Charles Payne, cut number two. Progressives have hijacked the pain and suffering of black Americans for everything that they want to push. Mm. And it's despicable. Must stop now. I'm going to say something very vulgar to the progressives. Stop pimping black people. Okay. Now, here's the deal. Let's go through this in three ways. First and foremost, why would anybody in this country want to forgive student loan debt? 71% 71% of folks with professional degrees have student loan debt. You know how much they make over a lifetime in earnings? 3.6 million. Doctoral, 3.3 million. Master's degrees, 2.7 million. If you have less than a high school degree, you make about 900,000 a year uh, throughout your lifetime if you're lucky. Why would someone who got a, dropped out of high school, only has a high school degree, paid the loan of someone who's going to make $3.6 million in their lifetime. So right then and there, it's nonsensical, it's unfair, and it's stupid. All right, point number two. Who owns this loan, this, this, this debt? 59% Asian students, 67% Hispanic, 70% white. Where's the racial justice? Where's the racial justice that she is talking about? Now, here's the problem. They keep saying, well, black people have more of a percentage. You know, it's harder to pay it back. That's not the, that's not the, the, the college loan. That's society, that's Microsoft, that's progressive corporations who will write a check to a bogus organization that buy a $6 million house instead of really hiring people, training people. They're the ones who don't believe in black people. Microsoft, the people that progressive are, are, are protecting, the whole thing is a sham. It must, it must stop. By the way, he was focusing and mentioning black people. Charles Payne is a black person. Uh, but uh, like the story about so many successful black people, they have come up and they have overcome the, the difficulties many times uh, of growing up in a, in a home that doesn't have a dad present, doesn't have that, that example coming. But they often have great moms who tell them to go out there and work hard and you can be successful. It's Dr. Ben Carson's story, so many others. Uh, and Charles Payne is exactly right. This idea of going to pay off student debt, no. People need to learn that it costs to live today, that if you want, to t- if you want something, you should work for it. You should, you should pay for it yourself. Otherwise, it loses its value, plain and simple as that. I think we have time for a couple more calls. Let's go back to our phones to uh, Jim in Texas. Good morning, Jim. Go ahead. Good morning, Fred. Hey, uh, you know, one of the big problems with the citizenry across the United States of America is that we're not holding politicians accountable for what they do. 
I mean, I hear uh, uh, some things that uh, the Biden administration wants to give a hundred, another $150 billion to Iran. Yes. Uh, and uh, But when did the legislature pass a bill okaying that kind of thing? I mean, that's taxpayer money. We worked hard to get that money into the U.S. Treasury. They give it away like, you know, to their, their uh, buying friends and, and, and influence, and, and uh, they're not accountable, not being held accountable for what they're doing with the U.S. Treasury, our money. Yeah, well, that's that's just one of the problems, spending money left and right. You know, people understood initially when it came to the pandemic of the the government giving money to see people through. There were something like 20 million Americans who lost their jobs in the early days of the pandemic. They needed help. But, you know, by the time Joe Biden got into office, we were in a recovery period. One of the big problems was much much of this in Democrat-run cities, they kept things shut down. And Joe Biden comes along and offers billions and billions and billions of dollars more so that people, many people became content just to stay home. They became content just to stay home because they were making more money staying home. And we're still feeling the repercussions of that in our economy. Well, as Gary has said, and we've talked a number of times on this program, Sandy's program, is that, you know, the people have an opportunity to pass their verdict on the last year and a half, almost two years now. It's called an election, a midterm election. We will see what happens. The polls seem to indicate that it will be a runaway for the Republicans, but that will only happen if people get out and vote. That's where the verdict will, will occur. All right, been great to be with you today. Fred sitting in for Sandy. Stay tuned for more great programming here on American Family Radio. And Sandy will be back in the morning. Have yourself a great day. Be a blessing to someone today, folks. Bye for now. The views and opinions expressed in this broadcast may not necessarily reflect those of the American Family Association or American Family Radio.